Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, and stories of West Seattle come together. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we'll say goodbye to 2020 Always West Seattle style, keeping our focus on the good stuff with the top five of the year in books, music, and breakfast from Easy Street Records and Pegasus Book Exchange. I hit the junction recently on the last Sunday afternoon before Christmas. The farmer's market was wrapping up, but there were still plenty of people out and about with shopping on their mind, lined up six feet apart outside of Bakery Nouveau, Northwest Art and Frame, and other junction businesses. I wanted to find out from this captive yet cheerful audience what they had to say about 2020 and if there was one thing about this year that made them smile. Nobody came up empty, and unsurprisingly, there were quite a few responses that reflected back on our West Seattle community. Listen in for a few of my favorites. One thing about this year that made me smile is actually it made things a lot more simple. Like it actually sort of stripped away all the stuff that we kind of busy ourselves with that maybe didn't add to the living. So I kind of even wonder if I'll miss some of that. Like being able to see the people who I you know, spend the most time with, which is family, and uh, having more time with them, more time even with pets, <laughs> more time to sleep. I slept more. Really yeah, I, yeah I, I think I was burning the candle at both ends beforehand. So uh, I think I, my sleep actually improved during the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to 2020 being gone, but um, there might actually be weird things I miss about it. Yeah. I would say that people have done a lot to make sure that we're you know, shopping local and that we're really supporting our communities. And so I've been able to see that in my work as well as just you know, living in West Seattle and people lined up to go to a store to do some Christmas shopping. Uh, seeing whales, Walk, walking down the waterfront by Mika Mooks, seeing the whales was great, saw some orcas. I'm not sure which plot, everyone was looking and you could see them out there. Well, I personally have enjoyed not having to go to school. It's much better in my opinion. West Seattle sunsets. I think the one thing that's made me smile so far is everybody being able to work together by wearing masks. It's nice seeing somebody else knowing that they're safe wearing a mask and going around town and knowing that everybody is doing it together. It's a unity thing for sure. Um, I met him, so. <laughs> I met her. <laughs> Next, let's check in with Matt Vaughn from Easy Street Records and Cafe for a 2020 Top 5 rundown from both sides of his business. The Top 5 of 2020 at Easy Street Records with Matt Vaughn. How's it going, Matt? Hey, how you doing, Keith? Very well. Thanks for joining me and counting down the good things that happened this year. Yeah. Music is essential. It sure is. So what do you got for us? You want the top five record? Okay. Actually, the one I'm playing in the background right now is number five, The Strokes, with the new Abnormal. Just when everyone was thinking, what happened to The Strokes? Here they are in your top five. Yeah. If you want a little piece of the Big Apple, Strokes will do it for you. Yeah. Number four was the much-anticipated Tame Impala with Slow Rush, and it was everything we desired. Yeah. It took a minute to grow on me, except for the single Borderline, which was on heavy repeat from the get-go. Then they put on an incredible live show they were supposed to play at the Gorge this summer, and unfortunately it's been rescheduled to next year. Yeah, that's your candy. <laughs> Number three, out of Nashville, does no wrong, guitar slinger, 
Jason Isbell on the 400 unit with a record called Reunions, Tasty Stuff. And that one was first released to indie record stores like Easy Street for a whole week exclusively, right? That's right. He gave it to us as an exclusive indie release, so we had a week jump on everybody else out of the kindness of his heart. Uh, he's a record store lover and has a pretty nice collection himself. And when uh, he was at the shop here, he had a pretty good grip. Number two, Taylor Swift with Folklore. It didn't hurt that she sent us 200 autograph copies. Wow. So just know West Seattle and King County that she put her heart and soul uh, here in the Northwest for us all. And that was written and recorded in the spring of our pandemic year. I think it spent like eight weeks on top of the Billboard album charts. And her follow-up, Evermore, just came out. Do you think there will be more, more? She can do no wrong, and it's just more and more a Taylor Swift. She writes her own songs. She might be a pop star, and people might go, what? But we love her here. She's a talent. There's no question about it. She's going to be around for years and years. Hmm. Number one out of West Seattle and throughout King County with Gigaton is Pearl Jam. No Mm -hmm. big surprise there. (laughs) The hometown heroes. Yeah. I love the new directions that they explored with this one, and clearly the rest of West Seattle embraced it as well. Do you think they ever might play Easy Street again? (laughs) That last one was a surprise show. So Really? You just never know when we might get a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, put me on the list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to run down the street. You'll hear it. So in addition to uh, hooking us up with great music, Easy Street is also a cafe. And you guys have been open the entire time this year. Did you have a little time off at all? or No. People need to eat. And uh, us being the corner shop here, we got a responsibility. We got to we got to feed people in the morning and, and get them their coffee. And we got a top five there too. Some of our menu items that over the years have been some fan favorites, but the go-tos this year coming in at number five, the Dolly Parton stack. <laughs> Two big pancakes. Nobody's got a stack like Dolly. <laughs> Have you heard the podcast Dolly Parton's America? No, I've been wanting to listen to that. I love everything about her. It's really good. She really goes there with a lot of her stories about her career and everything. It was very revealing, and she's just so honest about it all. She is truly a national treasure, even when she's not covered in syrup. And what was the vaccine that she helped fund? I think it was the Moderna one. Oh, really? Yeah, the Dolly vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) What's number four? Number four, this one, uh, a bit of a surprise. 20 years ago when we did our corned beef hash, this was really just a specialty uh, menu item. And over the years, we've won awards for this one. We've been on Man vs. Food, the Travel Channel. And because of that, it's now coming in at the top five with the Horton Heat Hash. Got a kick to it. Is that the spiciest thing on the menu? It's not the spiciest, but I wouldn't recommend it after a long night of drinking a reality eraser or something like that. (laughs) I've heard about that drink. Beware. (laughs) (laughs) What's at number three? Number three, always in the top three, the Suzy Q. Uh, That's your go-to called the Grand Slam Special. It's just your standard breakfast. Uh, Number two, always a, a fan favorite, James Brown. The bowl of crispy hash browns, and then it's got all the veggies. That is a pile of hash browns topped with tomatoes, spinach, mushrooms, and onions, sweet peppers, and your choice of one of the following. Diced ham, <laughs> sausage, bacon, chorizo, tofu, veggie bacon. What do you want? So good. Yeah. So good. Yep. Uh, number one, also because we lost this man, he uh, was, many would say, the uh, architect of rock and roll. He puts out a pretty fine breakfast well. 
uh, the Little Richard, two eggs, any style, served with two strips of bacon, hash browns. What do you want? That's that's. If you can't make up your mind, go with Little Richard. It all comes back to Little Richard. It always does. And uh, is there anything about 2021 that you're looking forward to? We got a lot of changes going on here at the shop. We've just taken the opportunity to move things around and people are being patient with us, you know. Just got to knock down the door of progress <laughs> while we got the chance and, and just hustling and moving things around and the, the staff's been great. It's a bit of a cliche hearing, you know, that a small business can be family, but this is our our Brady Bunch, our happy days. <laughs> uh, and uh, everyone's really been sticking together. And with that come great ideas. You know, a couple of years ago, 2 to 3% of all of our sales were online sales. And this year, at 75%. Wow. So we've kind of become a, a warehouse rather than, you know, the, the easy street that you know when you walk in. Because mm-hmm. we just got boxes everywhere and shipping tape. Postman's coming in three times a day. And <laughs> that's just what we're having to do. And uh, out of the kindness of everybody's heart, especially here in Seattle, it's been a godsend. And uh, I know that we have it a lot better than some of the other record shops. We lost a couple of record shops already this year. But the Junction is holding tight and mm-hmm. doing well. And uh, our Junction Association, uh, our leader there, Laura Radford, she's been awesome. We're all talking once a week on Zoom calls, be that me and Todd at Elliott Bay or Jack and Husky or Lisa Capers and Flirt and mystery made we're we're all talking we're all Mm -hmm. in it together as far as uh music coming up you know it's going to be a while before easy street can be that late night hangout for uh in stores Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't see that happening for quite some time i don't know when that's going to be and uh we've seen that a lot of our uh, venues downtown or have had to make some adjustments and uh we're probably going to lose a couple but they're they're sucking it up too we'll, we'll see what happens but music is essential I, I'll, I'll take music over a meal you know <laughs> so it's it's what feeds my soul yeah well i think when uh the time is right for music to, to come back and to come back uh live to easy street i know you'll do it right well i know i'm gonna have a disco ball because it's gonna we're, we're all gonna need to party it's well, not, it's time for a ball, Easy <laughs> well, uh, thanks for talking to me, Matt. And uh, thank you and to all the Easy Street staff for being there for all of us in the community. And uh, Happy New Year. Thank you, Mr. Bacon. Thanks for always being by our side. For more of Easy Street's top records of 2020, look for Always West Seattle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit EasyStreetOnline.com. Finally, we talked with Eric Ogresek from Pegasus Book Exchange to find out which books were the top five sellers of 2020. Let's talk Pegasus Books top five. It's been such a long year, it's hard to go over. But I, I'm going to start with kind of the most current hot ones and work back to ones that have been hot all year. Mm-hmm. So there's one called The Cold Millions by Washington State author Jess Walter which kind of takes place in the early 1900s and is set in Spokane. And just, they call it a literary miracle. People are really liking this all over the country and just not in Washington. Uh It just talks about labor rights, the people who make the state great, the people that don't get much credit, just working class folks set on an apple farm. Beautiful story there. And it's set in Spokane, so you get to learn a lot of history about a a city here. What is it? Our second largest in the state. That one's been a hot seller. Another recent one is a poetry collection by Rupi Kaur. This book is called Homebody. She's written Milk and Honey and the Sun and Her Flowers. Basically, very accessible poetry, very raw, comes from her heart, very painful. She's been through a lot of stuff. 
Mm. And this one has a lot of subjects on capitalism, value, productivity, guilt. There's a lot of different themes you don't see written a lot. And it's been by far the hottest poetry book of the year. And basically everything she does is super popular. But a lot of people who've never read poetry have finally gotten in on her stuff. So that one's wicked good. Cool. Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. She wrote a great history of the civil rights movement called The Warmth of Other Suns. And this one here, cast, is you know, subtitled The Origins of Our Discontent. Even though we don't call it a caste system, what we have is not too dissimilar to that. Certain people, especially people of color, black folks, have to work a lot harder, I feel like, than a lot of other folks just to get basic common respect. Mm-hmm. And this book points out how it's a systematic thing against them, everything from the justice system, jails, to just trying to get a job or just being treated like a human and how mm-hmm. it's been set up that way with laws and rules and even with the Founding Fathers doing it that way. So very raw, but really good. It's more approachable than her other book, a lot more readable. So that's been super popular. Oprah picked it as her favorite book of the year, too, which made it just even more popular, as you can imagine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another very inspirational book. This one's kind of a change from all the others. It's nonfiction as well by a lady named Glennon Doyle. It's called Untamed. And it's a way to liberate women in a way that I don't think other people have heard it before. Rather than with radical politics, it's on the self. It's saying, you need to do this for you because no one else is going to. Hmm. And I feel like that's probably a good attitude to have because I think waiting for people to do the right thing isn't always the best. And I've had so many people tell me men should read this too. Not only do they think every woman should read it, but like men would really learn a lot about things, not to necessarily be just sympathetic to the cause, but to kind of have a better understanding of who they are by seeing we all came from a woman. So kind of better understanding of our mothers, whether you love them or hate them or somewhere in between. <laughs> and I think this book kind of opens that, you know, I waffle between all that, you know, my mom's insane, but I love her. Yeah. And so it's good to understand that. And this book really, they call it soulful and uproarious, forceful and tender. And that's the thing. Rarely do we have people being like, you got to read, this is such an important book when it's not, you know, a religious book or political. Mm. So this one just being the general self-help and hearing people just so passionate about it is really interesting too and she's got a cool personal story about glennon doyle went through a lot of changes to create this and i think by having those personal changes in her life she was able to realize these things and how she can inspire others to do the same wow i'll definitely add that one to my list yeah for sure and uh, another book i would say the most popular local book is a book called listen to the trees it's a poetic snapshot of west seattle then and now done by actually a professor from UT Austin named Sean Petrie. He teaches law, but he writes poetry. Uh, The typewriter rodeo is his handle on Instagram, but he would just type free poems for people from his vintage typewriter. They would give him a theme, and he would just type them spontaneously. And this book he put together with the Southwest Seattle Historical Society that couples historic photos with spontaneous poems he wrote for a lot of West Seattleites. Like one of them here on the page I'm turning to, is a a poem called Youth for Michaela, who works over at Elliott Bay Brewing Company, a really sweet person. And he just busted out this poem on her youth because she was was in her early 20s. Let's see, what did she say? When you're 22, you feel a lot older than you actually are. I chose the topic of youth to remind myself that I'm still young and that I have all the time in the world to feel stressed about the pressures that come with getting older. And then Sean busted out this poem and busted out a ton more and actually did two special ones just for me for carrying this book here. He did one for my partner for sea glass, which we love and mushrooms, which we love two of our (laughs) favorite things to go look for. 
And just on the spot, in minutes, this guy busted just beautiful poems that we have hanging in our house now. He's super talented, and wait till y'all flip through and look at the photos. They really pulled out some gems for this. For 20 bucks, I got them for people across the country that really can't visit here, even sent some to my relatives in Germany who will never probably be able to be here, but they get to see where I live now with these beautiful photos of West Seattle. That's great. I'm not going to bother your listeners with hearing me read poetry, so I'm actually going to skip that part. (laughs) Y'all check it out. I'd say that's the best local book of the year by far, and the best local selling book of all time. I just discovered that book myself through the Southwest Seattle Historical Society's auction that they did about a month ago. An autographed copy was up for bid, and so I had never heard of it or that poet and his process, and it's super cool. And he just would set up at the farmer's market or the Junction Summer Fest with this typewriter and create on demand, right? Yeah, exactly. And just a really humble dude. He just came, visited from Austin. I I think he maybe knew a friend here and just fell in love with West Seattle. And now he comes back. This is his vacation hotspot. He's like a regular here. Yeah, we're glad for him. And we're glad he was able to pair with the Historical Society to get these photos because I've viewed so many photos and most of these I've never seen before of Schmitz Park, of Alki back in the day. Just really fun, good stuff. Is there uh, anything about 2021 that you're looking forward to? Everything. (laughs) It not being 2020. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Personally, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing all the businesses make it through this. Hopefully a lot of us can. Yeah. And coming through, learning a lot. Like we're going to, stuff we've had to change because of the pandemic. I think we're going to keep going forward. Like trivia night, like raffles, doing so many other little things. Like we've been working with a lot of other businesses in the artists who make stickers and pins and sweaters and sea glass and sashes just so many cool little products we're now keeping in the store we're helping them out they're giving us shout outs it's just it's mutually beneficial we're realizing how important our community is and how we all got to work together Mm -hmm. i know you're at the sunday farmers market volunteering all the time more people did what you did and put yourself out there helping your community we would all live we live in a great place we live in an amazing place but we could it could always be better and I'm liking seeing that. And I feel like 2021, I honestly, I think the pandemic has a lot of good things. And I, I'm in a very comfortable situation to be able to say that. I have my job, I have my family, my health. Yeah, I've only lost a, a few friends and family. I think a lot can be learned from this. And short of the U.S. having a war on our turf, I feel like this was the closest we can get to growing up and just having to, to grow up a bit. We're still a young country, and mm-hmm. this, I think, just matured us a bunch. So I'm not all that disappointed with what could possibly come from this awful situation. I definitely feel like so many things happened this year brought our West Seattle community closer together, and that's not going to go away. No, I don't think so. There's so many people we can't see, unfortunately. There's so many customers. I'm like, oh, where are they? I hope they're okay. I'll know them from coming by. And then I'll occasionally see them, and I'll just be so happy. It's like seeing a long-lost relative or friend. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, we live in a really special place, and I think everyone who comes and visits knows it. And I see all the new people that move here, and they're excited, too, even though they're coming here in a pandemic with no bridge. Everything's really weird. They still can feel that it's a good place. Yeah. Yeah, we got to keep it going. I know our dynamic of our city is changing. It's becoming harder to live here. So a different crowd is moving in that we got to make them feel welcome, Mm -hmm. but also show them what we're all about. We got to lead by example. And I look forward to doing that in the upcoming year for sure. Cool. Thank you for being there and keeping our community engaged and entertained and informed with all of the great work that you're doing at Pegasus Books. And we'll look forward to come what may in 2021, but I think it's going to be good. Yeah, man, me too, for sure. 
Eric also shared with me his personal favorite books of the year, and you can hear those picks by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Always Podcast. That's it for this last episode of our first year in podcasting, and what a year it was. Big thanks to Eric, Matt, and the people of West Seattle for taking the time to talk with me, and also to everyone who's reached out in support of this project. There's a lot more in store for Always West Seattle in 2021, so please subscribe, like, and review on your listening platform of choice to keep up to date and let us know if there's a story you think we should explore. I'm Keith Bacon, grateful for your joining me here and wishing you a very happy new year. Music